has amazing grace that he's given to all of us. We like this next song. We want you to rejoice and just celebrate who Jesus is.
great. His amazing grace is why we live, why we breathe, why we are even allowed to be here today because of his grace. You know, we are called the children of God. And as we worship him, there is no one higher than Jesus. Did you know that? No one that loves you more than Jesus. He created us for his purpose. He created us to love us. So as we sing these songs, let's lift our voices to the Lord and just praise him because he loves you so. Our Father, Creator, you mold our hearts together. There's no one higher than you. Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty Savior. There's no one higher than you. this morning and I just want to talk a little bit about our Christmas dessert theater. It's coming up and practices are starting tonight. Um, we made announcements last week and this week if you are interested at all in being part of our dessert theater, um, we are going to kick off um, auditions and choir practice tonight. Let me tell you a little bit about our dessert theater. It is called I'll Be Home for Christmas. It is set in the 1940s. So you can imagine what the costumes are like. You can imagine what the music like, the style of music. But it's set around a family that is um, 
dealing with a loved one being at war at Pearl Harbor. And it just um, talks through that, what the family might have gone through at that point. But also, it was the age of radio. They didn't have TVs back then. So it's what you, you know, you've seen or maybe you're a part of where you had the family radio and you gathered around and you listened to programs like The Shadow or The Lone Ranger, those type of things. So it is an awesome, awesome thing to be a part of. And what's really cool is this is an awesome way for you to bring family and friends in the community that maybe don't know Jesus or that maybe just are, you know, struggling in their faith and they want to see what this is all about. God brings us about a thousand people into our auditorium through that weekend. And it is a great way, again, of just connecting with the church and really becoming a part of things around here, but also a way for us to share the love of Jesus Christ. So if you signed up last week, or if you'd like to sign up today, um, Beth DePetro is back at the Welcome Center. Give her your name. She'll give you some information. If you're interested in auditioning for some speaking parts, being a part of the choir, or if you just want to help in costumes or stage building or anything, we want this to be a church-wide thing where we come together and see the great things that God does at Christmas time. So um, if you're interested, stop at the Welcome Center and um, say hello. Thanks. welcome you to Crossroads. We're so glad that you're here today. How about the band with all their I Love My Church t-shirts, huh? Let's give them a hand. Good, good job up here. The, uh, those t-shirts are available in the foyer. You can uh, pick one up today. They're $6. Hashtag I Love My Church. Somebody asked me, they said, what's that pound sign in front of there? I said, that's the hashtag. Well, what's a hashtag for? That's how you search it on social media, all right? So, uh, I want to encourage you, pick up a t-shirt. If we don't have, have enough today, we're going to get more. We will have more for next Sunday. They, uh, I've been really excited to see how people have been connecting with that. So uh, please pick one up. What a great conversation piece. You're going to wear that out in the community. I love, hashtag I love my church. People will be like, you love your church. Uh, many people think church is boring. Many people just don't attend church. And then if you come and you say, I love my church, what a great way to start a conversation and eventually bring them to Christ. So we're excited about those opportunities. Please pick one of those up and have a, have a great time uh, with, with that as well. All right, please pass the friendship folders down the aisle at this time. We'd like to uh, encourage you to do that. That helps us to better minister to you and your family. At Crossroads, we exist to bring people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, we're just so thankful for all that God's been doing here at the church. He's moving mightily. Many, many great things are happening. It's been a great summer. We're excited about the future of what God's been doing, what he's going to do here, uh, here at Crossroads. On Wednesday nights, we have our Clubhouse Kids. That starts at 6.30. And also we have a men's group and a women's group uh, that, that are meeting on Wednesday evenings up here at the church. And then over at uh, our Connect, Connect Students, which meets over at the Straight Street Building, we have uh, it's a, about a mile away from here for our young people. Uh, grades 6 through 12 are meeting over there. So we're, we're thanking God for all that's going on. It's been a great start up to fall. We want to encourage you to plug in to those areas. And then we have something new coming up, life groups. Uh, in the back of the auditorium, you'll notice that uh, there's a table. It's on the inside of the auditorium. It says life groups. And uh, there's a kiosk there where you can sign up to get in on a life group. A life group is a group of 5 to 12 people that come together and they, they share life together. Um, it would be people in similar stage of life as you. Maybe uh, empty nesters would be together. Maybe parents of young children would be together. Uh, maybe, maybe single people would be together. We're going to put you, put you in groups and encourage you to uh, walk, walk the road of faith together. Three things we want people to do. Have, have fun, have faith, and have fellowship. And that's what the purpose of the group will be. We're going to encourage the groups to meet twice a month. So it's, uh, it's not an every week commitment. It's just two times outside of church on Sunday, getting together with other people and, uh, and communicating and building relationships centered around God's Word. So uh, I would encourage you to stop by the Life Group table. If, uh, if you just want to sign up online, you can go to crossroadsministries.com forward slash life groups. And, uh, and you can sign up there. So we're thanking God. We'll be talking more about that today, about our life groups. And then uh, coming up, uh, uh, an opportunity to serve here, Trunk and Treat. It's on Wednesday, October the 26th. And we're, what, that, that's the night when we decorate the trunks of our car. We pull up on the parking lot, and we invite the community to come in, and we give candy out to the kids. And last year, we had well over 200, maybe 300 kids that came through. And we're excited this year. Maybe we'll see more than we've ever seen come through. 
And uh, it'd be an opportunity for you to come up and maybe you can decorate the back of your car. You're creative. If you don't want to decorate, that's fine. Just hand out candy out of the back of your car. Pull up a chair and sit there. Maybe you want to dress up. Uh, just go ahead, have fun. Uh, so many of our families have done some really fun themes with that. And then we watch all the kids from the community come in, our church family kids, the kids from the community. It's really an exciting time. If you'd like to sign up to serve there, go to the website forward slash TNT serve. And uh, you'll find there's a form there. You just fill it out and hit submit and we'll get your information. Or you can also stop at the life groups table this morning. They also have that information over there, how that you can serve. But there's many things you could do. You can hand out candy. That's one thing. Maybe you want to be on the prep team, getting this place ready, because they decorated, they get the place rolling, and the teardown team. Uh, maybe you, you say, I could help cook hot dogs. So there's a number of things. Please look on there. It's just a few hours of your time, but with uh, great impact, great dividends to the community. So we want to invite you to serve on that. That's coming up. I love my church. Hashtag I love my church. And we do love our church. We're thankful for you. You are the church. And so uh, I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward this morning as we receive our morning offering. And uh, we're just thrilled with all that God's doing in the church. If you're here today as a guest, um, I'm going to invite you to stop by our welcome center. We have a, 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 a nice little gift out there for you and a little bit of information about the church. We're glad that you're here. And uh, if, if you are a guest here this morning, we invite you to let this offering pass you by. For this is for those that are, are, are committed and growing in the grace of giving. All right? Let's pound together in prayer. Father God, we come before you, and I thank you for the way you love us, you care for us, the way that you've ministered to us, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross to pay for our sin and coming back to life again. And so, God, now I come before you, and we ask that this time as we receive the offering, Lord, that you would... Uh, be with each gift and each giver as we give unto your name, as we bless your holy name, and we just call upon you. God, you're a great God. You're worthy to be praised. We ask now, Lord, as we give to you, that you'll be honored by the worship of your people. In your name we pray. Amen.
again and you gave us a purpose to live Lord you gave us you and we thank you for that and we thank you for the opportunity to be here we ask that you will open our hearts and be with Ken as he leads our message and let us leave here better today than we came in amen you can have a seat thank you Sunday that I went to Crossroads 10 years ago. Since then, I've come uh, such a long way in Christianity by uh, seeking all the Lord all daily, accepting Christ as my Savior, getting baptized, and starting all swan faith for all walk with God. Doing all best I can uh, to love and serve Him in all ways and all follow Him. Trying hard or to uh, spend our daily time with God's important Bible reading. Volunteering at our church in our uh, many different uh, activities and our uh, serving our God in all other areas. Making so many new friends uh, who have been all uh, awesome to me and all. Uh, large blessing to my life and that have become like family or to me who have been encouraged and inspired me in all so many wonderful ways uh, of all my uh, personal relationship with Jesus who have been so godly that I could all look up to and all see as an example. Thank you, church, our family, for uh, always being here for me, loving and caring all for me and thinking of me in so many uh, wonderful uh, ways. But more importantly, uh, thank you, Jesus. I would uh, have not made it to this point of my life if it all went for you today. Love you, church, in Christ. Tim Hayes is actually here in this service. He's in the back row. Tim, would you stand up? We just want to thank you for your, for your testimony, man. Thank you, Tim. That, that is why I love my church. I can say that I love this church because of things, stories like Tim. Everybody has a story. Everybody who comes in here, at one point we needed transformed, and we still are in the transformation process. 
I remember when Tim came as a young man, just uh, in high school, and, and, uh, and just watching him and his passion for God and how God met him and has uh, given him this life in Christ. And so he's growing like the rest of us, but we are so thankful. Look at him another hand. What an awesome guy. What an awesome guy. We've been uh, looking at our series, I Love My Church, and you know, that's a, as I said, it's an odd statement, I love my church. Most people don't think of that statement, but Christ himself loves the church. And if Christ loves the church, we too should love the church. And so we, we talked about the, how the, the church is filled with messy people. God, has, uh, God is not afraid of messy people. God loves messy people. He died on the cross for messy people. We are all messy people. We all have trials. We all have things that, that, that we're not connecting, uh, not connecting with God. And He has come to seek and to save us. He has come to pursue a relationship with us. And so that is His church. The church is more than the building. The church is you, the people. The church is, uh, is when we come together. It's, uh, it's the collective body of Christ. So we talked last week about this verse. We said that, that Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and all Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we talked about power, but, you know, when you think of that word power, uh, I don't know about you, but when I think of power, I think of something that's, um, that's rather strong. You, you, th- you, think of, you, you think of displays of power. Uh, for example, you know, uh, those muscle cars that these guys drive. I went out one day to Ross Haney's house, okay? Now, Ross Haney can fix just about anything on a car. So if you need help, you go see Ross Haney. Just don't tell him I sent you, all right? But Ross will gladly help you fix your car. He is the nicest guy in the world. And he has a Chevelle. And he goes to these car shows, you know? Most of the guys that go to those car shows, if you touch the car, they pull out a rag, and they're like, they're wiping it up real fast, you know? And uh, I remember Pastor John, whenever he, he had his car, you know? I went into his basement... And I touched the car on this side, and I walked around the other side. Before I could get to the other side, he had a spray ball. He's like wiping it up and cleaning it up. Not Ross. Ross keeps a really, it's beautiful looking car. But Ross also likes the power of the car. So Ross, I was out there one day, and he was fixing my clunkers. He said, you want to take a ride in the Chevelle? I said, do I want to take a ride in the Chevelle? You don't have to ask me twice, right? So I got in the car, and the first thing he does is vroom. Vroom, right? That raw power. There's nothing like the sound of raw power, is there? Vroom. So we get in the car, and he's taking that car out, doing some really high speeds out those roads uh, out there in Venetia and 84. And I'm sitting there. I'm, I got my seatbelt fastened. I'm like, Ross, you know, you're not, you're not 22 years old anymore, you know? You're, this is an older guy, and he's taking these curves. I'm like, holy cow. He goes, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. And so, but when you, when you see a guy who loves power, and I think as men, we're attracted to power, and I think women are attracted to power. Everybody's attracted to power. But one of the problems that we have with power is that we think when we have power that we become independent. And that is really a tragedy. You, you see, when, when we ha- because we have power does not mean that I don't need any, anybody else. And when Jesus gave this verse, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That doesn't mean that I don't need anybody else. That doesn't mean that I don't need the church. For, for too many years, we've had this concept that, all right, if you and God are firing, and it's just good between you and God, and there is a degree of truth there. If you and God are connected, yes, that is, that is extremely important because Christianity is about a personal relationship with Jesus. So if you and God have this personal relationship with Jesus, that's wonderful. That's where it starts. That's the starting point. But it, Jesus didn't die on the cross and leave us on an island. He didn't die to leave you to be by yourself and to have church in your living room every Sunday. Uh, he died on the cross so that you could be, uh, be one of his followers and that you could transform, be part of his transformational work, going out telling people with messy lives that there's a God who cares about their mess and bringing them unto him, and then to have the body of Christ surround us. Um, th- here's the concept. We all need, we all need accountability. You see, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. When we have the power of the Holy Spirit and the practice of accountability, we can live like no one else. Uh, there, there's, uh, listen, when you're a follower of Christ and you have accountability in your life, we have the power. God's given us the power. When we have the power, 
now we need accountability so that we stay in the power, that we come back and we draw on our power source, that we keep coming back to Christ. Um, too many people for years have trafficked in the truth of God's Word. They just, they're trafficking in and out of the truth, but they're not living up to the fullness of life that God has given. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it abundantly. And so, see, see there's, a, there's a, one, one degree is that I have a relationship with God. Now, the next part is my relationship with others, my relationship within the body of Christ. And so we all need accountability. And sadly, accountability is given a, a, a bad rap today, don't you think? When you hear that word accountability, you just kind of, oh. You know, because you're afraid somebody's going to come up to you and say, did you do your homework? Did you do your homework? Did you do your homework? You're afraid that somebody's going to be judgmental in your life. And to have somebody who's accountable in your life really requires that you give the other person permission to hold you accountable. Accountability is when somebody comes alongside of you and says, uh, you know, I'm going to encourage you to do what you said you would do. God's given us the power, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. How did he give us power? He gave us power to see the truth. We live in a world that's upside down. It's mixed up. Everything out there today, nothing has a baseline anymore. We have the power of God's truth. There is the truth of God's Word. He's allowed us to see the truth. But unfortunately, many people stop there. They see the truth. They understand how much the God loves them, but they forget that God wants them to love others. God's loved me unconditionally, therefore I need to love other people unconditionally. And so there's an example. They've taken a truth and they've stopped there. They haven't implemented it into their life. So God, not only does he give us the power to see the truth, he gives us the power to live the truth. It's the truth of God's word. And then he's given us power to be his witness, to be the witness of the truth, that Jesus is alive, that he has risen from the dead. So I, I, want, I, want, to, I want, you, want you to think about this. This word power is explosive. It's like a stick of dynamite. And that's what God wants in our life. He, he says, I'm going to give you power. You're going to go out. You're going to testify to me. There is power there. And that's what God does. He gives us power. But here's what happens. We tend to not come back to the power. We have this issue. We think that because I have the power that I can do this alone, that I can just live the Christian life and I'll be fine and, and, and I'm doing really well today. I don't need anybody else to speak into my life. I don't need anybody else to come alongside me. I'll be okay. And that's really a dangerous place to be. Because when we get into that dangerous position, we're putting ourselves up for failure. You see, accountability is encouragement. And encouragement is, is accountability. Would you say that with me? Accountability is encouragement. Encouragement is accountability. When I come alongside of somebody and, and somebody comes alongside of me, the, that person who's holding me accountable, they're just encouraging me. Hey, you said you were going go, go to go do this on Friday. Did you do it? So that's the encouragement. They're, they're encouraging me. Did you do what you set out to do? Um, that, they're, they're not to come and judge me. They're not to come and, and they're not setting the standard. I'm setting the standard. I'm saying, hey, look, I'm growing. So I found a truth in God's word. I need to learn how to love my neighbor better. So the person who's coming and holding you accountable, they, they ask you and you give them permission. How are you doing with loving your neighbor? And we learn how to deal with that. Um, accountability equals encouragement. So, so change that in your mind to think, I'm going to be held accountable, but I'm going to actually have people who will encourage me in my life. And when I hold other people accountable, I'm going to encourage them. Uh, what, are we what, what do we encourage each other to do? We encourage each other to keep the faith. We encourage each other to trust God. We encourage each other to, to build healthy relationships in our home, to build healthy relationships at work. We encourage each other to live for God. We encourage each other to spur one another on to love and good deeds. Hebrews 10, verse 23, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he, for he who promised is faithful. He says, he says, we have this hope. We've professed it. Hold unswervingly. Don't let go. 
Don't let go of that. This is our hope. This is, this is what drives us. And so the Apostle Paul, in Hebrews, let me share with you what's going on in Hebrews. In the book of Hebrews, he's writing to a church that's under persecution. And as he's writing this letter, these people, they understood, all right, this is a tough time. This is perse- times of persecution. Our life could be on the line. We could be beat. There's all kinds of things that are, that are happening in this, in this moment. And he says, let us hold on to that. Let's not, not waver. Hold on to that, to that hope in Christ. Verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Spur, that's a verb, okay? Let us consider how we may spur, how we may encourage, how we may motivate one another, how we may inspire one another on to love and good deeds. And that's what we try to do here every Sunday. When we come in, I, I, my prayer is that God touches your heart through his word when we open his word. And, and you are inspired to go out and live for God this week. You have a motivation because it is what God's Word says, and I'm hearing from God, I'm going to go out and live for Him. But the next level, see, this is, this is level one. The next level is to be connected with a group of people and to let people speak into your life and let them encourage you, and you work with somebody and let somebody else help you become better. Let somebody else come alongside of you and encourage you on that Christian walk and help you get to the goals that you're trying to to attain in your spiritual life, just even following Christ. Many people get stuck, though, unfortunately, in immaturity because we want to be an island. See, I can come here on Sunday and still be an island. I can come, I can hear a message, and I can leave, and and nobody speaks into key areas of my life. Nobody speaks into some of the critical areas of my life. And so what happens when we do that? Um, We become immature. We, we see immaturity in Christianity, immaturity in marriages, immaturity in, in how we treat other people, immaturity in just about all areas of life, in our thinking, in our habits. Why? Because there's nobody else that is speaking into me. Nobody else is helping me say, hey, you don't realize that, uh, where, where you're at here. You, let me encourage you. And I'm not giving those people permission. So... So one of the things we're trying to do in the church right now is we're trying to get people connected because we believe that there's value in connection. You can't do this alone. There are no successful long-ranger Christians. People go down all the time everywhere because they tried to be the lone ranger. And when you're the lone ranger, number one, it's really lonely. Really, really lonely. Number two, you can't do it very long. And you need to have people that... That, that, that you can be accountable to. You need to have people that you build around that you can be yourself around, that you can just say, oh, I, I'm not okay today. You know, the other day I was in the car with my wife, and I'm driving, driving. We were going, going away, and I, I just said, you know what? I am really not okay. I mean, I was really down. And she looked at me, and she goes, are you okay? I said, I just told you. I'm not okay. And I said, I need to continue to develop, to develop people around me that I can be oh, not okay around. I think it's okay not to be okay. It's just not okay to stay that way, right? So what I have to do, so the way that I don't stay that way is I surround people in my life that say, Ken, you're, you love God. You have, God still works. They can see things from the outside and encourage me. And, and there's no lone rangers out there. What happens when we encourage each other? We encourage each other to, uh, to become stronger in our marriages, in our family, in all those areas that we're immature in. Uh, here's, here's the thing. You are either going to build up key areas of your life or you're going to blow them up. And it's so true. Think about it. When you try to hold, you know, marriage is not easy, folks. You know that. I don't. I got an easy marriage, right? Everything's wonderful. Uh, listen, all marriages take work. All marriages, they're hard, they're painful. You've got to work to have a happy marriage. And so you need people around you that support you in that. Uh, uh, raising children is not easy. Oh, I'm surprised I didn't hear an amen that knocked me over up here, right? I mean, raising children is just not easy. And so there's times when your kids are just, 
oh, it's just so hard. And you can't, you need to be around other people that can pour into you and say, yes, I'm on your team. It's going to be all right. You need to have other people say, yeah, just, just let your hair down around me. It's okay. Your kids need you. Don't, don't, don't throw in the towel here. Keep moving forward. And so here, here's what happens. We talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, yet we detach ourselves from accountability. And this is really a problem. Hey, verse 24, let us, con- let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Spur one another on. Verse 25, do not, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage. There it is, accountability. Let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us encourage one another as you see the day approaching. Um, over in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look there this morning. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. The, the Apostle Paul was Timothy's mentor. Timothy was a young pastor. And as, as a young pastor, he needed encouraged. And so what we see in the book of Timothy, we see Paul's letter to him, and we see him actually giving him some advice. We see him encouraging him. So he's practicing accountability here. And look at what he says, 1 Timothy 3.14. Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. He says, I'm writing to you so that you would know how people ought to conduct themselves. In the household of God, not in God's house, not in this building, but as the believers, as the family of God, how should we live? He says the church of the living God is the pillars and the foundation of the truth. The pillar and foundation. Now, Timothy was in the town of Ephesus when he received this letter. And in Ephesus, there was a temple to the false god Diana. And this temple was mammoth. It had 127 pillars throughout the whole thing, 127 pillars. So I want you to think, Timothy is, is looking and he sees this, you know, he gets this letter, but everybody knows this building with these giant pillars. And the Apostle Paul is saying, that's not the pillars of truth over there. Uh, there's plenty of people that think they have the truth. You have the truth. And the church is responsible for carrying the truth. We are the pillars. We uphold the truth. Uh, we have a bulwark of truth. That's, what, that's our job. We give the truth out, but it's not just to stop with knowing the truth. It's with living it and testifying to the truth. So he, he says, listen, the, the church, the, I want you to know how people ought to conduct themselves. And here, here's what happens. In the church, the church gives us the right beliefs and helps us with the right behavior. As you come in, if you just know the truth, that's the right belief. And then as you begin to live it, that's the right behaviors. So what our job is to, is to take the right beliefs, all right? We take the right beliefs, we put them into our heart, into our head, into our heart, and now we take the right behavior and we put them together. And so we start living. And here's what I found happens. People come into the church and they grow, they get their mind right, they, they start understanding, they've seen the light, they've seen the truth, but then they get out there and they become an island. Yeah, they may come to church every Sunday and traffic in and out of the truths of God's Word, but yet there's nobody speaking into them. There's no accountability. Nobody's holding them accountable, and they are, they are not growing. And pretty soon what happens is because nobody can speak into me, pretty soon those beliefs, all right, I have my beliefs, but my behavior, those behaviors start to change because I'm not around people who are encouraging me that my beliefs impact my behavior. So my behavior starts to change, and I, and I have issues over here with my behavior. And now, pretty soon, what is the tragic, and I've watched this over and over, your behavior backwardly affects your beliefs because you start to begin to interpret your belief based upon what's happening in your life. We should always interpret what's happening in our life based upon the truth. But what happens is when we don't have a support system around us, we let the behavior, we let the places that we're going, the things that we're doing, we let all the, all the things we have to deal with, we let that somehow influence that this must not be true anymore. 
And so what we have to do is we have to have the right belief, the right behavior. That's the pillar of the church. And as, uh, th- that's what we're here for. We're the pillars. And we uphold the truth. We help you know it. We help you live it. That's what God's called us to do. You need to have the church around you, not just the large group. Now we need to have a smaller group, people that you can, that you can allow speak into your life. Um, it, it's, it's pretty awesome that God has given us the church. What an incredible gift that God has given me. And through the years, I can look at my life and I say, wow, I see these people with the, with the right behaviors, uh, with, with the right beliefs and the right behaviors, and God has put this all together. And may I say this this morning, that everyone has the potential to drift. Everyone has the potential to slide off. You know, you, you come in, you're, you're, you're a follower of Christ, you're believing in Him, but now, uh, here you are, and, uh, and, and you start to slide. You know, it's like when you went to the beach. We go to the beach, there's a strange thing that happens at our family. I sit under the umbrella while they all go in. And as soon as it's my time to go in, they all come out. I don't know how that happens, you know. But I go out, and I'm out there alone in the water. And I'm, you know, I really can't swim, so I come up to about chest height of the water, and I'm just like, you know, taking it all in, just having fun, you know. And then by the end of the, at that, at that night, I'm still feeling that way, right? So, but I, what I do is I look at the umbrella on the beach, and I say, that's the umbrella. There it is. It's got three or four colors on it. That's the umbrella. And so what happens is I'm looking at the umbrella, and I start to, you know, I just kind of start drifting. And as you're drifting, you're like, there's the umbrella. And then all of a sudden you look up again. Guess what? All the umbrellas look the same at the beach. Have you noticed that? And now, now I'm over here. And then, then I just keep going. I'm like, man, I haven't seen anybody for a while. The Lone Ranger, right? And about a half hour later, my wife and daughters are down that end of the beach. And they're going, come back, come back. Okay? That's what happens. We all drift. And this is what happens in our life. We drift unless we have people to come around us. Um, we all need accountability. We all have the potential to drift. We all need accountability. So this morning, I've, uh, I've asked Wade Baker to come and share a testimony with you uh, about how, how this principle has really been life transformational for, for him. And I'm thanking God for Wade. I'm thanking God for what he's doing in our church through stories like this. Hi, I'm Wade. Several weeks ago, I had occasion to be in a situation that was fairly routine, business situation. At least it seemed to be routine. And after I left the meeting and I was heading back to my office, what I realized is that the people that were interacting with me were cordial, they were professional, they, were, they even talked a little bit about their personal life. You know, the, the one lady's going to have a baby in a few weeks. But what was really going on was more serious than that. And um, it could have a significantly negative impact. And so as I began to realize that, I, uh, I, I took the rest of the day off of work. I came back. I spent a little time talking to my wife about the situation. And what I realized that, that was troubling me was that the people weren't genuine. They were looking like they were friendly people, but they weren't. And they weren't honest. <laughs> I don't know if you could use them as dishonest, but they weren't. It wasn't what it was presented to be. And so I just needed to be around people that were genuine. And she had another appointment she had to go to, and so I just came to the church. It was a work day, Wednesday, and I didn't really tell anybody what was really going on, but I just came up here to be around people that were genuine, that I could trust. And that was, that was helpful to me. And I appreciated that. And um, I've been able to share the details of that with people, as, as Kenny mentioned, there are people that can speak to my life, and, and God's given me some of those. And about a year or so ago, I began to be part of a group, and this verse is part of what we do in the group, uh, is, is uh, part of the uh, program. It's James 5.16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And we've heard that effective, fervent prayer to pray. And, and I realize that it's connected to this, confessing your, your life, talking to your life, being accountable to other people. And so I just am impressed with the, the healing that comes from being genuine with people, having people that you can speak to, that can speak back to you, and the uh, 
situations, how God opens that up, opens your life up, and then brings that healing. So I'm so glad to be part of this church and that I've, that I've got that here. Thanks for letting me share. I am uh, so thankful for Wade. I'm thankful for what God's doing in his heart and in his life. Thankful for the movement that God's created around here. Wade and I have both been here since we were kids. And now we're starting to learn this, this concept of, of becoming connected. And becoming connected not just to a truth, but to a group of people that will pour into me that I can be honest, that I can confess I'm struggling, I'm having a hard time with my beliefs, I'm having a hard time with my behavior, and it's okay. And those people love me and, and, and encourage me, spur us on to one another, spur one another on to love and good deeds. And so, so to, what I want to do this, this morning is, in closing, I want you to think about this. You are here. You're doing really good. And then you look down the row and you say, wow, how can somebody stand where we're standing today, stand where you're standing today, how can they get so far? How can they drift so far down there? How can, how can they just slide off? And let me just give you this little illustration. If, if you go outside to the parking lot and you see the row of, 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 uh, of, of stalls there and you see there's 10 or 15 stalls there, you pull into stall number one and you're standing in stall number one and you're looking all the way down the end, you say, now how can somebody slide from where I'm at all the way down the other end? And here's what happens. There's a line in our life, and, and we all have those lines. We put those lines there, and we say, I'm not going to cross this line. But here's what happens. Without accountability, without people looking at me, without people caring for me, right? actually who can talk into my life, and without me giving them that permission, here's what happens. There's the line, and I say, well, it'll be all right. I just come over, I cross that line, and I commit to the next line, okay? And so you're committed to the next line. And without accountability, here's what happens. Uh, I'll be okay. And we do this thing slowly. And, and all of a sudden, you wake up one day, and you're all the way at the other end. You're at the place where you never thought you could go. You're standing there, and you're saying, Wow. How did this happen? Nobody sets out to get to this point. We all say, I'm good. And what the church does is we come alongside and we say, you are good. God is moving in your life. Let me encourage you. And then when I start to question over here some things, I have people who can speak into my life and say, really, is that really? Now let's, let's communicate here. Let's work with you. And we love them. And they love, I, I love those people who can pour into my life. And you'll love those people. But right now it's so scary, right? Because, well, that's not what we do in America. We're the islands, okay? Listen, I said God loves messy people. If you're in stall number one, you're a mess. If you're in stall number ten, you're a mess. It's okay. But what God does is he, we believe in grace. But we also believe growth through grace. And so God grows us. And so what we do is we, we, we allow people to come alongside of us and encourage us, spur us on to love and good deeds. So I want to ask you this morning, are there some areas in your life that maybe you've been dealing with this? You've been drifting. Maybe you've just, maybe it's, I just haven't been in God's Word lately. I haven't been developing my relationship with God. And you, you just, ah, it'll be okay. I'll, I'll get to it next month. Well, what happens when we take out some of those key pieces then there's, then, then there's other things that you begin to question. And those behaviors start to slide, and then you start to affect the beliefs. So this morning, what I want to encourage us all to do is to plug in, to get in, to go from the large group. Yes, this is one form of accountability here. Now let's get into a smaller group. That's what our life groups are. As you leave today, go on, to the, go on back there, and they will, they will help you get signed up for a group. Um, they're going to meet all different times, a whole lot of questions. We're still working through a whole lot of things. But I want to encourage you to take the next step. I'm going to get committed. Now, it's going to take a while before you get to that place where you have somebody can speak into your life on some heavy issues. Maybe you know already of one or two people that you can say, hey, I can get with them. Uh, the, the Wesleyan movement, they started the Methodist church in the 1700s. They had three things that they focused on. One was, uh, they called it societies. Then they called it classes. And the last one was a band. A class, you know what a class was? It was 10 people got together 
and they talked and encouraged each other, spurred them on to love and good deeds. Small group, that's what we're trying to do. The movement grew incredibly because people got together, and in that context, the power of God was transformational because you can't do this alone. And then the bands, the bands was groups of two to three people. They got together where you could really get down to some nitty-gritty. So what's the band in your life? What, what's the class in your life? Where, where, where are these areas? If, uh, if, if this, this, is, this is great what we're doing. I'm excited about what we're doing. But we want to take it now to the next level. And we want to go all the way down to where you can, you can move forward. I look at areas in my life and I say, why did I not listen to people in certain areas of my life? Why? Because I chose not to hold it. I chose, I said, no, you can't go there, right? Well, guess what? Those are the areas that I blow up. And God wants us to build up. Let's pray. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, I want to encourage you this morning to take the next step. Maybe you have a, a group already that you're meeting with. I want to encourage you, keep it going. Uh, you're connected to a group where you're, you're, there's people coming alongside of you and encouraged. I want to encourage you to keep it going. But if you're not connected to a group, I want to encourage you to sign up today. Go home. You can sign up through our website, forward slash crossroadsministries.com, forward slash life groups. Uh, just, just put your name on there. Uh, you're going to commit to, to getting together twice a month with, with a group of people uh, and that will encourage you, spur you on to love and good deeds. Uh, and maybe for others, you say, I, I, need, I already have that one or two people. I, I think I know that I need to get back with them. I need to get honest with, with another man, men with men, women with women. I, another woman needs to come side of another woman and let, let her speak truth into your life. Men, we need to let other men come alongside and let them speak truth into our life. So we can do like the Apostle Paul told Timothy in chapter 1. He says, hold on. Hold on to the faith. Let us not be unswerving about our promise. Father God, I come before you and I pray that you'll be with your people, Lord, as they respond. Respond to your love, to your mercy, to your goodness. God, I pray that you'll do some transformational work in all of our lives. God, as we have the power, now we ask you to help us with a practice of accountability. Uh, that, that we'll be able to pull, pull our, uh, our resources of the Christian family of God to, uh, to encourage one another to hit the target, to live for you. God, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand together. And uh, we're going to dismiss you as you are dismissed. The band will be singing and playing. I want to encourage you to greet one another. Sign up for life groups. Sign up to help with all these areas. God bless you. You are dismissed. Our Father, Creator, You hold our hearts together. There's no one higher than You. Redeemer, Defender, our great and mighty.